Today's episode is sponsored by Wells Fargo Advisors Financial Network Finet, member SIPC. Finet is focused on helping independent advisors support their clients and reach their goals with unique, ever-evolving solutions and resources from one of the nation's largest financial institutions. Learn how you can get more with Finet at wfa.com slash independent. That's wfa.com slash independent. Welcome to the Wellstack Podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Rossick, the Director of Wellstack Content and Solutions. In this episode, I'm joined by Andreas Mazabel, Head of Advisor Sales at Trust and Will. Today's topic, trends around the digitization of the estate planning industry. Andreas, so thrilled to be speaking with you. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Of course, Shannon. Thanks so much for having me. Really looking forward to the conversation. Absolutely. And before we dive into the first segment, you know, I want to start with your background and what makes Andreas, well, Andreas, and what led you to pivot from the world of banking that you were originally in? Yeah, good question. People always ask me that. I spent 13 years in private banking uh, with JP Morgan, Wells Fargo, and I was, you know, as a senior in college, started as a teller. And from there, I really kind of started to work in the financial advising space. So started to work very closely with advisors. And I remember this like it was yesterday. I turned 30 at the time and I was like, I can stay in this box of banking for the rest of my life and it'll be comfortable and nice. But I wanted something else. And I moved back to San Diego. And long story short, it's when Trust and Will was really 14, I think, 13 people at the time. They had raised their Series A. And I was like estate planning and I, you know, working in, in over a decade with clients and high net worth, I saw the big barriers and like story short, that's how I found out about trust and will. And, you know, if you would have asked me a few years ago, you're helping financial advisors with online estate planning. I'd be like, no way, <laughs> but here I am. It's been a, it's been an amazing chapter uh, in my career, honestly, the most fulfilling and we're really at the early stages. So uh, born and raised in Colombia, I've been, uh, we immigrated to the U.S. when I was 12 and have called San Diego home for most of my life and can't complain about that. It's a beautiful place. All right. You're like an onion, my friend, just peel back the layers, learn more and more about you. So appreciate that background. Sure. Um, but, and before we, you know, get to my favorite section of stats, all folks, I do want to talk about just for listeners, the difference between a trust and a will, um, you know, what are the pros and cons of each and, and how sh should advisors be approaching these conversations? Because while these concepts and methods have been around for a while, digitally is a whole new arena. I appreciate you bringing this up right off the bat, because the more advisors that we talk to, there's still a big missing lack of education, even for some advisors around estate planning. So thanks for leading with that. Uh, the most like straightforward answer is a trust is going to help fully avoid probate. So if you have clients or even you know your own situation and you pass, you have no estate plan in place and or you have a simple will, it goes through probate. Right. And in some states, it could be simple. It could be straightforward. And or if you're in the lovely state of, for example, California, probate can take a long time yes. and it can be expensive. So essentially a trust main benefits. Most of the time that people talk about, it helps avoid probate. It gives you more control, more customization in how you want distributions to, for example, children or pets, et cetera. And then your basic will, it's essentially 
outlining in a document, if you pass, not when you pass, but it, what or when you pass, how those assets are going to be distributed, right? So it essentially helps take some of the guesswork out of, of those distributions. You make those decisions, not a judge making those decisions. And then I think in general too, estate planning, I think a lot of people think of estate planning just death planning, but also yes. incapacitation, right? I know the pandemic seems like forever ago, but you know it really wasn't, right? So if you get sick, if you can't make a decision, all that is part of, you know, the estate planning that, you know, we do. And obviously attorneys are doing as well when it comes to really providing that peace of mind. And obviously a, a, a big component now of the overall kind of holistic picture that it, financial planners are trying to deliver to their clients. So I do appreciate that the context and the definitions and I want to dive into the first segment of Stats All, folks, because Trust and Will always puts out a great annual report around the demand for estate planning. And I thought it was so interesting that it's absolutely booming among millennials, so really our generation. And in that report, you stated that 78% of millennials said that building multi-generational wealth is essential to them. You know, what's driving our generation to take estate planning so seriously? Is it particular life events? What are you seeing? Yeah. Yeah. So this is our third year in, in doing, you know, a study specifically for millennials with over 20,000 millennials. And every single year we learn that the main reasons why millennials are creating an estate plan. Number one is having a baby. Number two, buying a home. And then number three is obviously marriage and then pets, believe it or not, because we, you know, we, and a lot of and actually, that that's a great example for myself. I'm not married, don't have kids, but I do have two two little pets that are sleeping as I as I talk. Um, but essentially, those are those are really the main triggers. And some of the characteristics is you know as millennials, I think we're really the first generation that's grown in this digital first and only world, right? And also, we have this framework of what do I need to do, and what are the steps that I need to do to be successful, to start saving for retirement and, the, you know, all that that we're, you know, all the content that is out there, estate planning for the first time ever, this is a study that we did with caring.com uh, last year, but millennials are creating more estate plans than people over 55 years old, which is, it's oh, interesting. You know, when, when I first heard that study, I'm like, what? Like <laughs> we have, hopefully we have so many more years to live. Right versus folks over 55 but we're just so focused on what are the things that we need to do to be financial financially responsible and you know financial freedom and you know being so prepared so i think it's you know really a matter of the education and the importance out there that people have on hey creating estate planning isn't as complicated as most people have always thought it is so um, those are kind of the main things um, that, you know, we always like to kind of highlight when it comes to that. And I wanted to dig into that because I think that's so interesting because obviously financial literacy as a just overarching theme in our industries is is very important and something as niche as estate planning or trust planning, especially in a digital way, is so is so new. So it's really interesting to see that, you know, our generation, our demographics really 
embrace the side of things, especially because I know I saw that Fidelity Investments set uh, in one of their recent research studies showed that 57% of existing client assets are expected to pass to the next generation by around, you know, 2045. And we've talked about, I've talked about the great wealth transfer before, and it's, it, there's obviously there's no set date. It's not Y2K where you're pressing a button and saying, Hey, this is happening, oh. but it it is starting to trickle down. And so I'm curious, how is trust and will looking at this trend and how does it present a significant growth opportunity for f- financial advisors? Yeah. So I think that fidelity study that you're referencing is one that you know, your, the statistic that you shared, the big opportunity is that only in the study, only 13% of advisors are connecting with their clients' children. So we know that, you know, there's a couple of different figures out there, but over 70 trillion in assets, you know, is going to be inherited over the next few decades. We know that millennials are going to be a big part of that wealth transfer. And we also know that millennials are very proactively creating estate planning documents, right? So how can advisors from a growth perspective start really connecting and doing more wealth planning that includes that generational wealth transfer? So meaning starting to one, start with the basics. What how what percentage of your clients have a completed and up-to-date estate plan within your book of business. Most of the time when we ask that question for you know many of the firms and advisors that we work with, it's low, surprisingly, right? So start there. How do we start to implement in, in your calendar? There's many firms and many advisors that are focusing this on a maybe a specific quarter or even specific month and really starting with the education. What happens if you pass? What happens if you have a medical emergency, you can't make a decision and you have no documents in place, right? So one, it's really providing that education, leading with the education. And then two, we're starting to hear a ton of success stories about clients completing documents, meeting with the advisor. Let's talk about your legacy. Like, yes, returns are really important and really nice. And obviously there's a peace of mind, but why do your clients do what they do? Why do they invest? Why do they work? There's something much deeper in all of us that we care about. Is it children? Is it a charity? Is it a combination? Going back to the study that we did, this was a a stat that I thought was really interesting. 67% of millennials with under $50,000 in assets, so not a huge amount, chose to leave money to their charity, to a charity of their choice. Interesting. So we're not talking about folks that have 500,000 minimum or a million, 50,000. So it's just such a such an opportunity for you as an advisor to connect with your clients on 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 levels that you may not connect with. Their charities, their for example, for clients that are getting closer to retirement, what is that, you know, passing on their legacy? Who do you who's you know, who are your kids? Do they know who I am? Right. If something happens to you, how do they get a hold of me? I'd love to do an introduction. So there's a lot of like family planning that we're starting to see a lot of advisors and firms implement. And again, you know, from a peace of mind perspective, like, yes, it's amazing that you can, you know, send your kids off to college. That's a like that's a huge goal. And that's really important. 
But more importantly is, you know, do your clients know that once they pass, how will that be passed on in an easy way that doesn't put their children and or beneficiaries if they don't have children in a way that it doesn't make it a mess? I know there was a lot there. I'll pause. But I would say that's really the main opportunity is building that estate planning into more, much more than just completing documents, but legacy planning uh, that advisors are doing. And I want to dig into that a little bit because, you know, as as we've showcased your millennials in particular are really steering away from tradition to create, again, those modern kind of personalized legacies. And we all know, as you referenced before, how much this generation and me included loves our pets and so much so that they're being worked into long-term plans. And so, you know, how critical is customization for clients and investors when it comes to trust and, and estate planning? I would imagine that technology is playing a major role in, in making this much more feasible for folks. Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you that we get that question often from advisors. Because I'll tell you, when I was in the industry in banking, we always thought of, you know, online estate planning and LegalZoom was really the only main player, you know, 15 years ago or so. And there was always a kind of, you know, maybe misconception of like, you know, online estate planning is just cookie cutter. And and I'll tell you that 80% of folks, my estimation, have very basic estate planning needs. You have, you maybe own a home, maybe a rental property, you have kids, and maybe you own a business, right? Like a side business or something like that, right? Like that that's, I think, a big bucket of the population. So within that, you have, you know, a lot of personal values that you may say, hey, I don't want my kids getting all my assets when they're under 20, right? And or I want my kids to, re- to get a certain amount if they graduate from a four-year university, et cetera. So there's a lot of different values that we have as human beings that we are able to, or most platforms are able to essentially adapt and be able to, for, for clients to customize their documents based on those needs. Now there's the other bucket that's, you know, your more, much more complex estate planning, maybe taxable estates, special needs planning, et cetera. That's really not where trust and will specifically is focused on, Right. So to answer your question, you know, we provide a a platform where we believe we're, you know, giving access to 80% of folks to be able to customize. And then I think more importantly, Shannon, is be able to update that as well. That's something that I saw in, in, you know, in banking for way too long, folks coming in if they did have an estate plan, but it's outdated, right? They haven't been able to get back to the attorney's office or et cetera. So how can we enable and empower families to better understand when I should make an an update to my estate plan, when I should maybe talk to an attorney, because we also offer that as a service, talk to an attorney to be able to make that update. And again, just be much more proactive about about clients making updates to their estate planning documents as well. And digging into really the technological side of things, obviously the pandemic caused our industry to go virtual seemingly overnight. So let's talk about some of the trends when it comes to the digitization of estate planning and what it means for advisors and their clients. Obviously, investors and clients are no longer tethered to a 25-mile radius of finding an advisor that suits their needs, right? But I'm I'm really curious about, you know, when it comes to digital assets, you know. 
I think we're going to reach a point where we'll eventually drop digital. Everything will just be referred to as assets. And I think people forget that it goes beyond just crypto. You know, keep in mind that things like social media accounts, whatever you have stored in, in the cloud, you know, and with the advent of, of blockchain technology, I don't think we're too far off from that one day of our digital identity being, you know, directly connected to our estate plan. So curious how Trust and Will sees that trend. Yeah, yeah. Good question. So look, first and foremost, there's there's a lot to kind of unpack there. I'll start with yes. <laughs> how with how you execute an estate plan. Right. So one, the pandemic has definitely helped. So we've actually executed the first e-will in Florida in, in US history. So creating the first ever, you know, from the convenience of their home, I was able to, you know, they were able to draft their documents via trust and will. And then have that e-notarized so they didn't have to leave their home. We partnered with a company called Notarized. So you don't have to go to the bank, UPS, you get it notarized all directly online. We're now expanding that. And we're obviously that's, you know, a legislative effort to be able to get approval on that. But I think, don't quote me on this. I think it's live in about seven states uh, today. So we see that's kind of the future that we see in terms of like creating documents from the convenience of your home, getting them notarized from the convenience of your home. And then two, to your point, um, yeah, I mean, 74% of millennials appointed a digital executor in, in, you know, the study that we just did. So the, you know, the adoption of digital assets, and to your point, I love the way you put it, there will be a day where it's just assets, it's just everything is digital in some ways, right? So how can we start to empower and build an ecosystem that makes it much easier for that transition, right? Like, Think about transferring, for example, the deed of your home into the name of the trust. It's still a huge pain in the butt. (laughs) (laughs) And it really is. It's such an old school way of doing things. So, you know, how can we start lobbying and creating certain ways to start expanding and pushing the way that we've always done things? Because really, at the end of the day, technology has, you know, really helping disrupting the way that we've always done things. So. We have a long way to go when it comes to, you know, transferring assets and all that, but we're starting with the, how do we, how have we digitized the creation of estate planning documents? And I think we've helped over, you know, close to about half a million families uh, wow. with trust and will with, with creating and starting their legacy with us. So that transition I think is really, really important is, is how do we empower that? And then obviously on the background, start working on, you know, what does the transition look like when it comes to the transfer of assets in the future in a more digital way? Then I have to ask then what's on the roadmap for Trust and Will? What can we expect out of out of the firm this year and even beyond? Yeah, yeah, good question. Um, last year, we we actually acquired a company called Easy Probate um, and we, uh, Q4 left last year, we actually, you know, rebranded it. It's live on the website. So it's it's how can we plug in the probate offering in a way that for families that, you know, didn't have an estate plan in place, how can we help actually digitize and streamline the process of probate? So that's something that's live. We launched it recently. Um, and then two, I think it's it's really just a matter of, of how can we create a, a much cleaner ecosystem? So think about it this way. If we create in the future a, a portal where we have, you know, clients, connected to their advisor, connected to their CPA? And then how can we create and bring in the executors and beneficiaries? 
and empower that ecosystem, if you will, to have much better communication about what's the current status, what's going to happen when, you know, someone passes in the estate, et cetera, to, to give people named inside the estate plan and their trusted professionals more access, more data, and to be able to make better decisions based on that. So that's something that we're definitely working towards, you know, in the future um, in empowering those conversations with clients and families. Uh, so I have to ask though, too, are the lawyers worried with everything going digital <laughs> and you know people being really, able to do it themselves? <laughs> you know, it's really funny, Shannon, uh, for, for the type of client that we serve, uh, we actually have a lot of attorneys that are very interested in what we do because of how much it streamlines the process. Many people don't know this, but attorneys, there's like two, maybe three main softwares that attorneys use to draft their own documents, right? So it's essentially, it's like, okay, well, if, if clients that have very simple needs can do it in 15, maybe 20 minutes for a simple will, right? It's how can they start to leverage technology to also help streamline what they're doing with their clients as well. Okay. So good to hear. They're not feeling as threatened as I thought then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, fantastic. I, uh, but now it's actually time for segment two of this episode, Andreas, which is ask us anything where I've gone out to the social universe and asked them to submit questions they want answered by you. So we did have a few folks drop into the DMS this week. So first question you got was how can we get more Americans to get their uh, T&E house in order? <laughs> Absolutely. Education. So that's really a big thing. And, and we're starting to see, so, you know, trust and will, we have our direct-to-consumer channel and then our financial advisor channel in which, you know, we have about 8,000 advisors that are working with us. We have data that shows how much of an impact a financial advisor has in getting their clients to start and complete their estate plan. So if we can provide more education through all our channels, checklists, et cetera, that's a huge, huge way that we can change the fact that more than, I think 60% of families don't have an estate plan because 60%. if I, yeah, yep. Because if I, as a, you know, family, you know, individual and or family understand, holy crap, if I pass and I have kids and they're not 18, a judge is making a decision on who's going to be the guardian for my kids. You're going to take action quicker, but a lot of people just don't know that. So Long story short, education, education, education. And then two, obviously what we're doing here at Trust and Will is accessibility is, you know, ensuring that people know that you don't need to spend three or $5,000 for a trust. If you have a simple, simple case that there's easier and better ways to also do it as well. So providing more options and education would be my answer. Fantastic. And this second question, it's a bit of a loaded one, but how is Trust and Will disrupting the trust and estate planning industry? I know you spoke earlier about, you know, really creating that ecosystem, but where wherein lies the true disruption? Yeah. So, I mean, historically, if you wanted a will or if you wanted to trust, you go to an attorney, you call, you make an appointment. They might give you the pricing up front or some are going to tell you it's hourly, depending on how complex your situation is. And I believe, and this is based on personal experience of doing it over 10 years, when you hand over that business card for the attorney, and I'm not saying that clients shouldn't go to attorneys, there's absolutely a place for clients and attorneys. But what we're seeing is that by disrupt, what we've done to disrupt is providing clients 
with another online streamlined solution. So think what TurboTax did for tax preparation is what we're doing with estate planning at Trust and Will, is giving families, individuals, a way that you can streamline, do your estate plan from the convenience of your home with live member support, right? So it's not just to say, hey, you know, go figure it out online. Like, good luck. It's simple, but like, you, you've got it. No, people have questions. Estate planning isn't something that we talk about all the time or that we have a lot of education. So is the disruption is providing families with state-specific, customizable documents from the convenience of their home that they can, you know, execute and then also be able to make updates and changes as I talked about previously. So moving it from a brick and mortar to, you know, going into the attorney to an online process that just makes it so much simpler, easier and I think really more affordable. And putting you in the hot seat with one more question, because I'm curious, <laughs> is what has been the reception from advisors? I would imagine that they're thrilled to be able to offer something as seamless as this and, and work it into their practice. Well, absolutely. I mean, we now have close to about 8,000 advisors um, that are using Trust and Will. And the way that we work with advisors, the reception is this is going to be a really nice option and complement to what I currently do. So, you know, advisors aren't drafting documents, they're not providing legal advice. There's a very robust but simple dashboard that advisors can refer to trust and will. They can view their clients' progress, they can view their documents. So, a lot of what we talked about in the beginning in how advisors are starting to shift and being able to have more of those conversations with their clients around legacy planning. It's all because of that, you know, the dashboard and, and the tools that we have. So to answer your question, reception is very, very good. We have um, a long way to go because there's so much value that we can provide from the inputs that clients put into the estate plan to actionable items that advisors can have with their clients around their legacy. So very excited about what we were building and... We've, we've appreciated all the support as well from, from financial advisors as well. Well, I appreciate you being put on the spot and your insightful answers, but we have come to our final. And I know I said stats all folks, my favorite segments. I lied. It's stack it or whack it. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to throw out a few technologies and be warned they are not necessarily wealth tech related. And you tell me if they are essentially worth the hype or not. So first one I want to throw out is AI within the estate planning, you know, space and, and in that context, stack it or whack it? No, I'd say stack it. I think it's a great opportunity. hundred percent. I would imagine, you know, we're only going to see, we're just now starting to see use cases, obviously of AI within our space. So I can imagine this is just another area that's going to help streamline and, and benefit. So I'd have no, to. I can tell you, you. It's, it's, it's a topic <laughs> that we, we talk about internally often and it's, it's a big opportunity for sure. Oh, absolutely. So number two, and like I warned you, not always well tech related. I may have stumbled across the fact that you are a great salsa dancer. Again, going back to the fact that you are an onion, my friend. Um, <laughs> so first off, jealous because I cannot dance. Um, but second, stack it or whack it when it comes to an app 
I stumbled across called Salsa Assist. And it's actually a beat counting system specifically designed to support learners you know, to, to dance salsa. And it uses the microphone of your smartphone to extract the beat out of the music track. And, you know, based on the vibrations, the voice prompts kind of tell you what, what to do. So doing I too much or- found this. I, <laughs> yes, I would whack it. I think, you know, and especially like when people ask me like to teach them how to salsa dance, I can't just because I just go with the flow and, and it's just like, either have it or you don't. I feel like I was born and I just knew how for some reason. Uh, So I would personally struggle with it, but I'm sure it could help some people, but I would say just go with it. You know, don't overthink it and just dance. (laughs) Yep. I I would have to agree with that as well. Well, Andreas, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you. Um, Feel free to tell listeners where they can find out more about what you're working on at Trust and Will. Yeah, of course, Shannon. Thanks for having me. Uh, If you're interested in learning a little bit more it's just trustandwill.com forward slash advisors. And also feel free to connect with me, connect with me uh, on LinkedIn, Twitter, and really appreciate the time. Absolutely. And be sure to like and subscribe to the Wellstack podcast on all major podcasting platforms and follow all things Wellstack on wealthmanagement.com, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And thank you all for tuning in today. Today's episode is sponsored by Wells Fargo Advisors Financial Network, Finet, member SIPC. Finet is focused on helping independent advisors support their clients and reach their goals with unique, ever-evolving solutions and resources from one of the nation's largest financial institutions. Learn how you can get more with Finet at wfa.com independent. That's wfa.com independent.